and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome everybody to this episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Sarah Grave and today it has been 12 months since the not like the huge announcement that came from Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks talking about them bringing forward their own wrestling promotion to actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Try and take, well not take down WWE, but try and you know be on par with them and give fans an alternative to watch. Yes, we're going to be talking about the first 12 months in the life of all elite wrestling. Now before I introduce my lovely panel that I have gathered for today, Make sure you're subscribed on all podcasting platforms. We are on Facebook. Uh, no, we're not. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but that's our social media. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're subscribed on our podcasting platforms. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. If you don't know where we are, either Google or you can go and check out our website, suplexretweet.com. That tells you absolutely everywhere that we are. We've also got our Patreon channel. Guys, if you get... Yes! <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was expecting more people. <laughs> oh. Well, at okay, least, Nigel McGuinness. I was going to say, at least, at least somebody's still excited for a Patreon channel. But yes, right now we have got so much content that it's actually a steal at $4 a month. But we've actually got some shows going on for free right now. Like, I know that Chris, has, Chris and Nathan have got a watch-along. Yes, we did a watch-along of WCW Fall Brawl <laughs> 1995. It was the <laughs> longest podcast ever. <laughs> like how you asked her that as if she knew you watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I uploaded it, but yeah. Um, that's giving away one of my panel members. But um, yeah, I've actually gone through everything. So it's fine, four dollars a month and we've actually got Mine and Quacku's newly named Scottish Indie Show, which if you subscribe right now, you will get this the first ever episode for free. Do it. Make Do it, it now. Make it happen. <laughs> But right, I'm going to go and introduce my panel to everybody. Starting off, this man looks like Sean Penn if he was so poor that he had to eat cereal with a fork in order to save milk. It is Ross McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Ross. Hello. Yes. How are you? As you can tell by looking at me, I haven't been eating cereal with a fork either. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And sitting to his left, this man is what you would get if you cross a pound shop Power Ranger, a 33 year old man wearing a Superman grip dressing gown, and Sea Biscuit. It is Strat. You're scrambling in on me, really. That's, that, was, that was not a new part. Well, you're a pound shop Power Ranger. How? Because <laughs> I've got Power Ranger cosplay shit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You slag yourself with me. I got the new helmet. You have a helmet. <laughs> yes, we got Strat. Strat to say, if you're in court, this is the defence. You're humped. <laughs> yeah. Strat, how are you today? I am fine. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Next up. We all used to love playing video games until we lost our virginity. However, this guy still loves video games. It is David Hockney. Well, you're not that correct. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't play video games. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I like video games, no further comment. Dave, how are you today? Um, doing okay, but I, I like you touched on the video game knowledge. <laughs> that. See, I was proud of you for that one. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I went to a breath and I get over it and just broke again. <laughs> Next up on my panel, this man looks like any other wrestling fan. An over hairy VL who can't understand anything outside of Greg's. It is Chris. <laughs> <laughs> right, say that, no joke. No one has given me an insult yet. Thank you for giving me my first insult. Like, she just called you a VL? <laughs> an overly hairy VL. Nate, on, on the Monday Night Rewind, Nathan's really nice to me. So this, is, this has got me settled in. I know, Stephen was really nice to us on the first show of the year. So I was like, right, we need to get back to normality. That Nathan character watch until he betrays you and actually wins something. He's a prick for that. <laughs> Still not forgiving him for it. <laughs> and riding off my panel now, I don't have a full blown introduction for him, but he did once call Baby Yoda a disgusting little booger with eyes. That should maybe get some heat though. It's quacking. <laughs> because I'm still wondering who Bibi Yoda is. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna get that'll, you some heat. He's a rap singer. No, that'll, that'll, that'll get me. Is he MC Yoda? <laughs> Bringing you the floor and all up in your area. I'll stop rapping now. <laughs> so yes, that is my panel for the first in-studio show that we are doing at AEW Talk in 12 months since the birth of it. And I'm gonna get. We're gonna get started on how it actually started. So. Back in 2017, Dave Meltzer, you know, total friend of ours, total friend of ours. Nah, poor cosplay of Stephen Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> the American version of Stephen Wilson. Uh, he made a comment that American professional wrestling promotion, so Ring of Honor, couldn't sell a 10,000 um, ticket arena, right? And they couldn't sell it out. So the comment was then responded by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks who were actually they were actually wrestling for Ring of Honor at the time. They decided that they were going to try and have their shot at their own wrestling, um, not a promotion, but a show. Mm-hmm. And this is when, like, All In basically happened. And that was in September 2018, if I recall, mm-hmm. right? And this sold out in 30 minutes, and it had the largest audience of a professional wrestling show in America that was held and organised by people not affiliated by WWE or WCW since 1993 and that was attended by over 11,000 people. So that was that's basically how this all started and this is what led to Cody and the Bucks going, we can maybe try this again mm-hmm. or we can actually do our own promotion. So Chris, well, it was a, quite a response that Cody and the Young Bucks basically had to, to Uncle Dave, especially because um, the Young Bucks love Dave Meltzer. Yeah, the, do you know what the thing is I've always thought about this? Because everyone remembers that tweet and everyone like, sort of puts Dave as the bad guy. I've always wondered, I wonder if Dave was in on it. Mm-hmm. I, wonder it if they, was. I wonder if they knew from the start, like, Dave, cause a bit of friction, we'll reply. People love having stories like that on Twitter these days. And um, whatever way that this tweet started, it's birthed the you know biggest new promotion that we've had in the world in the last like what 20 years mm-hmm. and it's been a great thing so I'm, I'm really really happy that Dave got a little bit RC with someone on tour <laughs> <laughs> I mean Dave do you think Nelson was on it? 
Uh, you never know what to expect with the wrestling business. I think who had control your Twitter account that day? I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't think he was in on it personally. I think this is just him trying to cause a cause a bit of a stir and maybe try and provoke a reaction because that's what people tend to use with social media these days. You say something a little bit controversial and see how many responses you can get. But I think Cody and the Bucks definitely um, <laughs> took his word for it and yeah, they've just sort of ran with it. Mm-hmm. And now look, here we are. I mean, Ross, 30 minutes it took to sell out this event. Yeah, I think that obviously you talked about well, we actually might take a go at this ourselves. It showed the power of the Bullet Club brand and the Elite brand and how Cody had rebranded himself for the fact that the comment for Dave Meltzer was, he was asked, do you think an independent show will ever sell, you know, an arena again? And he went, I don't think a show could sell out 10,000. Cody obviously bet on the dollar in that infamous tweet. Uh, I wonder if Dave ever paid up. (laughs) But it, it showed the drawing power of these guys, the fact that these guys were on, you know, every Ring of Honor show, these guys were on every New Japan show that came to America, and yet still these places weren't selling out for but as soon as these guys said, we're doing it on our own, I think the, the them as a brand, plus the the anticipation of not knowing, because that's always, like, the most fun shows we have here are always the preview shows, because you get to let your imagination run wild, and we thought, who's going to be there, will Impact guys be there, will Japan guys be there, will Ring of Honor guys be there, you know, the imagination ran wild and I think that played into the whole 30 minute sellout. Yeah, Strax, see, like, just carrying from what Ross said there, like, it was the speculation of, like, first of all, who was going to be wrestling on said show, but it was also the fact this was picked to be a only time ever event, like a once in a lifetime thing. Do you think that's what helped the fact that it sold out so quickly I think what helped it was the case that as Ross said the thing they, they put the care together and everybody was going I'd love to have seen that match I'd love to have seen that I'd love to and it's the, they would listen to people say because it happens quite a lot with WWE you say you'd love to see the, these two guys go at it it never happens mm-hmm. or it does and it's just a total flop of a feud like AJ Nakamura whereas they're going like we're going to put this guy against this him against him this tag team versus this tag team you're like wow that's what, and because mm-hmm. they've known that lately, anybody, they can put New Japan guys on, they can put ROH guys on, they can put TNA guys on, they can put whoever they want against whoever they want because they don't need to worry, we don't watch them, these guys told us, we don't watch them, they're told us, mm-hmm. so like, we can do what we want. And that's what I think was the appeal was they can do what they want, they can book who they want, so mm-hmm. why not why no buy it now? Yeah. So, something though, I think, that did go in their favour was the fact that this was going to be a a one-time only event, this is the only time you're ever going to see these matches, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. You didn't have to have storylines. It was just the sheer, this is going to be a night of wrestling and this is going to be great. Whereas, you know, had Japan or Ring of Honor or, you know, WWE went, by the way, we're putting this show on tonight, it's, you know, main guy versus main guy, main woman versus main woman, no storyline. You'd be like, that that wasn't that good, you know what I mean? Because you've got weeks of TV to fill. Mm-hmm. Dave, now, we were talking about the fact that All In was possibly going to be a one-time only event, but when it hit November 2018, while they were in Jacksonville, a few trademarks started happening. So, we had All Elite Wrestling, mm-hmm. AEW All Out, yep. AEW, Double or Nothing, Tuesday Night Dynamite, AEW Double or Nothing, and several others, mm-hmm. right? And not too long after that, Cody and the Young Bucks left Ring of Honor. Is this 
what sort of sparked and you know, you know what this is actually happening as soon as those trademarks started happening and Cody and the Bucks had just left yeah that was when you start filing trademarks you know you're, you're going to make a big play for something and with all these terminologies and stuff which they would end up using although Tuesday Night Dynamite does sound pretty ridiculous now that it's airing on a, on a Wednesday but mm-hmm. uh, despite that you can tell that just by the end of the year that something big's going to uh, come forward in the start of 2019 and yeah they did just that mm-hmm Chris, so when they actually announced uh, All Elite Wrestling officially, it was on being the elite. Um, do you think that was probably like the best way for them to drop the announcement at think, midnight on the 1st of January? I think it was a really good idea because you could tell that what they were obviously doing, at least in the early days of what would become AEW, like all the pre-build to All In and then the immediate aftermath of All In before AEW got announced, mm-hmm. all of that was built around the elite. So where do you get the elite? Regardless of promotion, you can watch them on BTE, and it's a perfect place to make that announcement. I even remember, like, was it the New Year's Day that they announced it? Yeah, but there must have been a weird time difference. I literally remember one of my mates going, they've just announced a promotion and just being really, really hyped. I mean, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say I was a self-confessed, like, massive fan of the elite. I've watched a lot of Japan, mm-hmm. but even just knowing that that was coming was amazing. Like, I, I wasn't, um, old enough at the time to remember the start of TNA. I'm not a billion years old, so I don't remember the start of WWE. It's so cool to be here for the start of something like this. Yeah. Well, see how you said that you were not alive. Strack, I'll come to you. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you basically were like, you lived through everything of TNA, so. Wow. Look, just crazy. Give me well, a comparison of what, what it's like. 1920 when TNA started. You know what I mean. But. You no, lived, yeah. What was the invention of the wing like? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't to commute in penny farthings. <laughs> yeah. I'm not old. Did it sell like horse and carriages? How, how was that sort of comparison, knowing that, like, outside, like, yeah, TNA, it sort of was past its glory days. Um, like, a lot of people can say it was past its glory days around about this time. So, give me a comparison, because you, you watched a lot of TNA during when it reached its peak. When TNA first started, it was kind of know a lot of well-known guys which kind of there's no WWE guys in it to start with and they kind of build themselves up but it just seemed to be just it was there it was never like a direct competition then it go obviously bigger and they go Kurt Angle Booker T and everybody else I think when they, they kind of thought these guys are going to announce it I think see because social media you everybody knows who people are mere now because you've got easy access to the Bucks, let's say being the elite on YouTube, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, you've got you've, all this way you can actually see everything, so they get themselves out there a bit more. So I think that's what helped them be bigger than what TNA was because with TNA, oh, I hate to say it, the only way you could get a TNA DVD was off like Amazon. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get it in HMV, you couldn't get it in, you couldn't get, you couldn't get a, TNA, a DVD anywhere, and if you did, it was a region one, it was American, so you couldn't play it out here. Mm-hmm. But it's, you want to watch AEW, AEW, they've got Dark on YouTube, mm-hmm. just jump on and then boom, there you go, you've got it. Just to your point, and obviously you mentioned the DVDs, I remember like HMV say like 2008, but you know, you had, say it's July, WrestleMania was in April, WrestleMania was already there, whereas like the TNA pay-per-view, it was back catalogue stuff at like 2004, and you know, half the roster's turned around since then. 
Quacky, I want to come to you really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though that they had actually announced that on the episode of Being the Elite, on it was actually at midnight Pacific time. That's why it was a weird time, time difference, Chris. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, um, but it was actually on the second of January that Cody and the Young Bucks they officially signed to be like. Was it their co-executive vice presidents? Like, that's our official titles. <laughs> if you're ever going to make up a, <laughs> a, a position in a company, yeah. Yeah, so what was your sort of thoughts when you, you realised that the, the co-founders of the company were also going to be the sort of executive members, but they'd also signed on as talent? Well, it kind of makes sense, to be honest. It's a bit, it's a bit of a weird approach, but it kind of makes sense because these are the they are literally the draws mm-hmm. but yeah they will need to back up with a great roster but they are the draws so they do need to be wrestling and bringing in people and they do need to be the creative guys behind it absolutely and when we've also got like the people that are behind like all the funding we have Tony Khan I mean Khan <laughs> so Tony Khan's got pretty, a pretty cool story he's like the owner of an NFL team mm-hmm. and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars so that's obviously why everything came out of um, TIAA Bank Stadium somewhere mm-hmm. uh, um, some stadium some it's, yeah, stadium it's, it's in Jacksonville yeah. um, the, I think that it's possible that Tony Khan is like the most important person involved with oh, yeah. I mean he's obviously got the deepest pockets but I think this all roots back to the it's fact that... It's his dad that's got the deepest pockets. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Every, every wrestling company in the world is pretty much started by some crazy man with too much money, whether that be WWE, TNA or otherwise. I thought that as soon as I saw that... When, when all in happened, I was like, oh, that was that was nice. That was, wasn't that nice? And then when... And then when uh, the cans got involved, I was like, oh... This, this is a thing now. Like, this is no longer just indie guys being bitter about mm. being told they can't sell arenas. This is guys with cash doing something big. And I also thought it was pretty cool as well that, well, essentially aren't, like, Cody and the Bucks and all that. They're the bookers, right? Yeah. And how often do you get pissed off with a wrestling company because it's booked by some 60-year-old southern wrestling dude wrestling. doesn't wrestling. quite know about modern-day business and is very stuck in his old <laughs> ways. Burnett. See, see something. We're going to name names, Chuck. See... Obviously, we mentioned the trademarks and all that. Mm-hmm. Something that was reported on, and obviously the Young Bucks himself mentioned they came very, very close to it. I don't think Cody was too on board with it. But they came really, really close to signing for WWE. Everybody originally thought that, by the way, even Dave Meltzer reported, although we have speculated where he's in on certain things, that the Bucks are going to WWE. Kenny's torn between Japan and WWE, and Cody is just a case of, I don't want to go back. And, you know, all when it said being the elite, you know, a groundbreaking video, people were like, is this going to be breaking up? You know, the Bucks away WWE, Ken's going to Japan and Cody's going to do his own thing. Like, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And then obviously, later on, Kenny joins, but you know, it's them uniting together to go, by the way, we are doing our own thing. You know, we're not doing Ring of Honor, we're not doing Japan, we're not doing WWE, this is us, and we want to be something different from all three of those promotions. Yeah, and like it was the final thing. It was Cody's wife Brandy was also announced as the chief brand officer, but it's now she's the chief brandy officer. <laughs> yeah. You gotta love it. Puns. I think yeah. she's a very, very good off-screen talent and a very, very good businesswoman. Wear finger on the pulse. A lot of the stuff she's done. Is that done. why her on-screen stuff is really, really dry? Her on-screen <laughs> stuff is horrendous. <laughs> oh, 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 no! We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will. We will talk about that later. Yeah. 
But I want to just quickly move on to the talent and the experts because this is it was the TIAA Backfield Stadium. Yes, Chris, you're very very close. Yeah, I've got a down in front of me, Bruce. You had it off your mind. One thing's so. for sure, they're guaranteed not to host WrestleMania anytime soon. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, to be fair, a stadium that size would be perfect. The screens, yeah. the screens they've got, like they've got so screens that wrap around the arena and stuff mm-hmm. in the inside, would be perfect. But Vinnie Mac won't do that. And it's in Florida, so warm, yeah. warm state as well. I bet you the Kansas is sitting there going, ah, yeah. damn it, we're never getting made here. Just imagine this when this works for us. AEW local, AEW local. Everything, it's like AEW belongs <laughs> to Jacksonville. <laughs> but yeah, so it was actually when they started, they started announcing their signings. It was, I'm pretty sure it was like that press conference that they had, that Brandy had live on Instagram. It was also live on YouTube as well, because I'm pretty sure a lot of us watched yeah, it watched when it was going on. Um, they was, had Pyro at a press uh, conference. Ex- yes, <laughs> oh. they had my attention with that. Hmm. So you can have a minute to talk about Pyro. I mean, they were off the chain. They were just blown. They were literally sort of, uh, blown things up. <laughs> Especially, were we not still in pre? Uh, yeah. Sorry, post pyro removal, pre yes. pyro return. WWE. Yes. Yeah, yes. they hadn't had pyro. It was only big, big shows that yeah. they had pyro. They, they basically had well. flash of lights and some kid going pew 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 That was their fireworks. I hated then, when Kane came back and had no pyro. I felt God. Oh, you felt cheered. Biggest abomination going. I've said it and I've maintained mm. it. Like a vegan sausage roll. If <laughs> 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 you looked at me, had a normal sausage roll. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down, woman. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they had a press conference mm. with people just coming through smoke fireworks and all sorts. I was like, yes! I know. Well, see, going off of that, because this is when they started announcing a lot of talent, but they weren't doing it in a traditional way. They just, they were actually doing, like, some were just talent announcements and some of it was, it looked like a promo. I mean, you had starting off, you had people like, you had SCU. SCU! <laughs> That's um, my cue. <laughs> I know you're the only one. You had like Hagman Page, but then Hagman we'll, Page. Cowboy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shit. We, we all knew that Hagman Page was going to be part because he was part of the elite anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, wasn't he holding the phone up as well and everything? Yeah, everything. but I think he was still trying to get over the death of um, Joy Ryan. So <laughs> yeah, he, he killed Joy Ryan. Um, <laughs> but this is when they had the 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 groundbreaking announcement in the form of a promo and this is when Pac mm-hmm. came <laughs> bastard. I love Pac <laughs> right. and it was that sort of thing I mean Strack I'll just come to you really really quickly like see when they just like when Pac showed up there I mean he he, he was a champion of Dragon Gate I'm pretty sure he was at the time mm-hmm. yeah um, and they were teasing this thing with Hangman Page is that something that you were just like holy shit like this is actually a good thing that's happening I kind of already saw by it and I went, Fang man, I'm meh, but I was like, Kenny Omega's there, and Pac's there. Yay! <laughs> That's what I was looking forward to, but... Oh no, Ke- Kenny wasn't there yet. He was still Kenny was still technically signed. Yeah, you knew, but he was sort of like... Anybody in the league like that, and then... I was like, we're probably coming up, but then... Obviously, the Lucha Bros turned up against the Bucks, you're like... It was just such an awesome press conference, it's just... You've watched it like a three-year-old watching a cartoon on Saturday morning, just buzzing. <laughs> um, Ross, mm. 
I think one of the big standout signings that happened on this particular day was... Billy Gunn is a producer, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so glad you came to me on this, Sarah. I have a full eight-page document ready, front and back. Damn it! <laughs> I was going to say... Um, can, I, can I use that for no, paper? No, no you may not. I, I may have ran out. I'm no. That is not what he means when he says ass man, damn it. <laughs> I Sorry. was going to say um, the announcement that Chris Jericho... <sighs> Actually, has been. <laughs> Back to the King of the Ring. <laughs> Chris Jericho was mm. going to be wrestling with all of their because as far as we were concerned, mm. he was just maybe part time with WWE, going away, coming back, going tours with Fozzie. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we had no idea. Yeah. Because he was still an active, he was technically still an active member of the roster on their website until that particular day. <laughs> yeah. And then an hour later, he got moved to alumni. So he was doing as well. He was doing the Japan thing, but he'd, so obviously. He did Wrestle Kingdom, but then showed up for Raw 25. Then did a couple other New Japan shows, showed up for the Great Royal Rumble, went back to Japan, showed up all out. And there was rumours of him going to TNA, which at the time were groundbreaking for the simple fact Chris Jericho's always maintained, I have not worked for another boss other than Vince McMahon since mm-hmm. 1999, mm-hmm. and I will never work for someone other than Vince McMahon. So mm. when he was working for Japan, you were like, and he was saying on his podcast, no, no, I have a blessing from Vince McMahon and you know he was still doing house shows because I, I believe 2013 to 2014 he didn't do any on screen stuff Yeah. But he did four house show tours for WWE so he was still active with WWE as you said and then it comes out and it is that is groundbreaking because much like Lex Luger when everybody thought he was a WWE superstar at the start of the Monday Night Wars start of the Wednesday Night Wars we didn't know it was called that yet but you know but Chris Jericho comes out and you're like that gets the attention of you know, Archidera fans, Ruthless Aggression fans, quack fans you. that are quite yes, <laughs> uh, part-time fans, you know. Sorry, Chris Jericho's your favourite, that's why. You know, the fact that Fozzie are, you know, a, a staple, like the download festivals and all that now, yeah. gets the attention of music fans, you know. Mighty Yeah. Oh. I mean, he didn't... Well, guess he's getting mugged on his he, he didn't specify you, you, you kind of took that to heart <laughs> there, but... No, but what would it, alienate it get, people? It gets such a, would you call it, it gets such a you know, different mix of people yeah, involved in it. Market. And then it puts the eyes on, oh, I came away from WWE, I quite liked Adrian Neville, oh, he's packed now. Oh, who are these young buck guys? Who are these guys? You know, mm-hmm. it puts eyes on the product and it was a really, really smart move. Yeah. I think, like, it was also the fact that they announced that they were going to have a working relationship with the Chinese professional uh, wrestling organisation mm-hmm. called Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, which... We all know in Scotland because uh, Looking Sharp had a nice wee stint with them. Mm-hmm. But Dave, I want to come to you, um, and I want to talk about like who you think have been like the marquee signings. Mm. Just just coming from the talent announcements that had happened. So you had like the Luchadors. You had the best friends of Tre- uh, Trevoretta and Chuck Taylor. I mean, mm. I love the best friends. Mm. <laughs> um, or you also had like Rick Baker, Joey Janela. He was signed with Penelope Ford at that particular time. So who in like in Pac and you know Chris Jericho etc. But who was like that sort of standout that's like this is actually you know. Oh, me personally. Contender. Me personally, it was Jericho. You know, given you know what you said about his relationship with WWE and Vince McMahon, he would. I think he was probably one of the last people I would have expected. Yeah. But you know, to see him come out uh, alongside guys like Cody and but the Bucks and Pac and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just upped the ante big time, and they just made it a must see show. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get the rest of the the key signings of what everybody thinks 
it's the marquee signings. So Chris, a couple of names. Who's been like who would like was like the marquee signings of the company for you? Dave's mentioned Jericho. I do think that's I like I don't think AEW would exist if Jericho wasn't there. Absolutely. Um I he think he was, he was the he's the only guy in the world you could have got that bridges all those gaps that Ross mentioned between mm-hmm. Uh, at Jadira, even people that have liked recent WWE, there must be one or two out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to just all just ears of it. For me personally as well, I was really buzzed about Hangman because yeah. how do you get into a new promotion? You watch it when it's got guys from other promotions. This is mm-hmm. how I get into TNA. It's how like, lots of people get into ICW nowadays mm-hmm. because they'll have people they see on TV and ICW. Like NXT UK and as well. Exactly, exactly. I'd seen Hangman on the um, World's Collide tour or something like that in Edinburgh that they did. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who the hell is this guy? He's absolutely amazing. So then when I found out that I could potentially be seeing him on TV all the time, as opposed to like, I was watching bits and bobs of uh, New Japan and not loads. It it just all of a sudden, a lot of it became a lot more accessible, which Mm -hmm. I think is one of AEW's like main... Uh, sort of good things that it's going for it is it's just all these wrestlers that people have seen on the internet in a much more accessible way. Yeah, Quacker, who do you think has been like your standout signings of Ada, of, like, besides Chris Jericho, because we know that he is your all-time Chris favourite. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to say Jimmy Havoc for me. Alright. Because that's like... Is that, that because he gets fined $10,000 every time he uses a staple gun? Yeah, it does staples a check. For real, like Jimmy Havoc, I mean, he's uh, in terms of the independent circuit in UK and Europe, he's probably the most recognisable name of mm-hmm. a truly independent wrestler. So, snapping him up at that time was just genius because, let's be honest, the style that, like, he does all kinds of styles, but the styles that has made him really famous don't think WWE could really handle it to that level at yeah. all mm. just maybe once every now and then but they couldn't ha- hold it consistently where they're just having a joke with somebody using a staple gun I don't think WWE would go down that route mm-hmm. maybe they will but Jimmy Havoc for me yeah and see I went to the rest of the team the ones who actually couldn't be here today I'm not going to go to Ross because I know exactly he's just going to say no Billy no it the Billy Gun I've, I've heard that run are you sure? yes Glacier. Also, in your key signings. So. Don't say DDT. <laughs> no. I forgot Billy Gunn. Uh, I forgot Billy Gunn's DNA name. Hang on, Cody's dog. Yeah, no, no, not Cody's dog. Poor, the poor rooms. dog is shiting himself. It's not a support He's dog. not a service dog. Uh, exactly. No, I think, too, that really, obviously, we mentioned Chris Jericho, but he's someone that WWE have had, even though they still would want him. I think it's a case of he did everything he could have there. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that one, when Kenny Omega left Japan as the biggest superstar, and WWE were like openly admitting they wanted Kenny Omega, when AEW got him, it was a case of one they must have matched the money, but you know it was kind of hampered by the fact that oh, well, he's his friends, you know, mm-hmm. people like oh he's always going to AEW. This is pals, and also yeah. the fact that he signed on as a as another vice exactly. president. So, but the one I think that really shocked everyone was the fact that was John Moxley leaving mm-hmm. WWE, leaving you know being on the road every week with his wife, leaving a secure company where when he when they thought he was going to resign, they put down a contract title on. Leaving a job like that to j- jump ship to a new start company, 
I think made people go, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Because like a couple of us thought he was being repackaged as John Moxley and coming back to WWE. David Campbell. Campbell. David Campbell even wrote an article and it was a really good <laughs> article. It convinced me. Because it, it did, it was. It's because he knows how to paint a picture. Yeah, because it was professionally shot. You know, you hear John Moxley and Jericho's podcast saying, mm-hmm. "I paid eight thousand dollars to put this production together, and it's like three minutes long." But he's paid eight thousand dollars for it. He's put money into it, mm-hmm. and then you find out no, it was to go to AEW, and you're like, that. That's when you know, right? Game on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went to the rest of the team and to some of our listeners on the community page. So Scott actually got in touch with me and he says that like, um, so Jericho, MJF and Private Party have been his sort of standouts, which I, I love Private Party. Private Party. I love Private Party. Stephen Bradley, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, he says Jericho and Moxley. Tom Brock, our mm-hmm. Dutch friend of the show. He says Jericho, Orange Cassidy, Lucha Bros, Darby Allen, and the Young Bucks. He didn't say Jimmy Havoc. He didn't say Jimmy Havoc. Wow. No, Tom, I'm surprised. He's probably listening to us going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Tom. I guess we were in Dutch. <laughs> um, our very own, out. Our very own <laughs> Jack Graham, who is our current ESSR champion, he says Dustin Rhodes. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that came as quite a surprise to everybody, because I even admitted I didn't even know Dustin had left WWE at this time. Like yeah, I had Dustin. absolutely no idea because he was just popping up sporadically. Yeah. yeah. And then when that announcement came that he was fighting Cody at Double or Nothing, you're like, wait, what? I only read like <laughs> last night that he asked to get released. Vince basically said no, and then Triple H was like, "Can't man." And then he was like, "Okay." He's been with. Uh, he's been with the company for years. So yeah. Let him go. Yeah. Um, David Adams said MJF, and then when I spoke to Stephen, he said Eva Luno. <laughs> that's it's basically if you listen to our podcast like the guys are pretty much saying because Stephen's not funny but Stephen has a thing against the dark order whereas me and fellow podcaster of this um, particular brand Grant are part of the dark order so um, wish yourself I don't like them either <laughs> it's like a malnourished god of war and I don't even know what the other guy is well, Stephen has a sort of thing against Eva Luno at the moment have you ever seen This Is The End, the Gimp guy? He looks like that. <laughs> Don't speak about my leader like that. You leave Danny McBride alone. Aye. <laughs> um, but in his eyes, he says Jericho and Moxley has been like the sort of breakout signings that AEW have had in the past year. But when we're talking about key signings, now they also have their women's division, which I want to just talk about really, really briefly because, Dave, as the host of the Wednesday Night War Show, you sit and compare each week of NXT and AEW mm-hmm. so the women's division's not really been booked that well it's been booked horrifically I'm, I'm sorry I'm trying to be nice about it yeah <laughs> no, you see when you're on the on the Wednesday Night War show we like to compare and contrast NXT yeah. to AEW but NXT's women's division just destroys AEW's no question about it I don't know if it's just because you know they're, bring it, they're just so fond of bringing in superstars you'd see on like the independent circuits and from like uh, Japan as well mm-hmm. but we don't know like we don't know a lot about these mm-hmm. about these women like correction show them. you don't know a lot about these women <laughs> well <laughs> I'm, I'm the, one of Mr. the Mr. King of the indie scene well I'm a guy who's sort of trying to get used <laughs> yeah, to that you're learning. Yeah, yeah you're learning yeah you're learning new promotion as well I'm sure there'll be yeah. millions of others around the world that'd be the same but 
But we don't know who these people like. What's their backstory? Like, what are their accomplishments? Uh, he's he's kind of proving a point. Going out with Austin Jenkins. He's kind of proving a point though that the fan base is not always going to be people who know the indie mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who watch WWE and go, "Oh, let's see W." So it's kind of good that he doesn't know anything about indies yeah. because then he can kind of get the other side view it. Mm-hmm. Once we all go, we all know who Adam Cole is. How do you know who Adam Cole is? Now, Don't see, say his name. Say something as well. Like Dave pointed on it. Don't you dare. So, I'll kick you off the quiz. <laughs> Call Austin Jenkins. Um, so something that really summed up for me because I said it feels like. A lot of the time, if you don't watch PWG or you don't watch Being the Elite, there's somewhat of a, and I mean in certain sections, not for everybody, but there's a certain snobbishness of, you don't know who this is. And what summed that up for me was, because I think as great a wrestler he is, Kenny Omega's a dick. (laughs) What summed that up for me was the promo package for Riho against, um, who's the woman that dresses up as Freddie Mercury? And instead of you know building a story or you know the student versus the teacher thing or even like letting what the Kabuki Warriors do, they, yeah. they do the promo in Japanese and they put the subtitles in. Do they? Yeah. Well no no oh, for well, on, on screen stuff oh, and right, backstage I was like, stuff. Whenever no, I watch um, it there's no subtitles. <laughs> instead it was Kenny Omega telling you why you should like this match. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you should like this match because of this and they've done this and they've done this and you're like right but you're telling me this now five minutes before the match surely this could have been done three weeks ago yeah because they had so long to build to pay-per-views and they put it last minute it was like uh, Emmy pinned Riho in a tag match and that's how she got the match yeah and it's, it, it does feel a bit elitist at times and people always talk about hey. you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> people obviously at Austin Jenkins uh Baby, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know everybody talks. Oh, she's going out with Brett Baker. She's so going out. She, with Brett he's Baker, going out with Brett Baker. Uh, you never know. It's twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. <laughs> but um, twenty twenty. You, you don't know. It's a new you, year. You would barely, <laughs> you would barely know Brett Baker if you didn't watch the Indies. Yeah. Other than the fact that she's Austin's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and that that's quite frankly a crutch because. These women are trying to get over on their own, mm-hmm. and as Dave said, he compares the women's divisions on Wednesday Night Walls. NXT has been head and shoulders above WWE's main roster, mm. which mm. has actually been booked pretty well recently. But AEW has just been the drizzling, you know what? Yeah, I, I want to quickly talk about um, it's Kenny Omega's booking actually. So, Chris, I'll come to you. Like, we all expected Kenny Omega to sort of be the big draw especially for the indie crowd of this company, but he's not really been booked in the best fashion. What bugs me is, and just to jump ahead to talking a little bit about Dynamite, is that he just sometimes gets a bit lost in tag matches, mm. and it, it bothers me. Like, what... I, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, in my limited knowledge of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one thing I know for sure, Kenny wrestles singles matches that go on a very long time. Mm-hmm. So he's had, what, one of those? Yeah, and it was unsanctioned. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Joey Janela, yeah. And it was I, tremendous. <laughs> it, was, it, was on, it was on dark though. Did it matter? It was tremendous. It was true. Well, I, I, I just think that um, yeah, it's a shame because like Kenny's last match for Japan, uh, Tanahashi title match, Wrestle yeah. Kingdom, insert number here. To go from that to he's kind of maybe taking a bit of a step down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his his early storyline. 
in AEW was like through the first I think three pay-per-views was just like oh Kenny's in a slump oh, and it's no. just like that's his career now yeah. <laughs> so uh, who else I, I, but Kenny <laughs> I feel like I feel like they have an issue with the fact that it's almost like that inverse booking thing. They're mm-hmm. like, right, we can't pull the trigger on Kenny and AEW yet, but then they've got all these other people that they can't pull the trigger on just yet. Mm-hmm. So all these wrestlers are all in holding patterns, and it's um, we're going to go on to talk about it later when we talk about what's next, but it's sort of maybe part of the reason why it suffers from not having a secondary title. Yeah. Because there's all these wrestlers that do get a bit lost, most obviously Kenny, I think. Yeah, we discussed that on the Wrestler of the Decade show as well. Yes. It's the fact that... Kenny Omega could be argued as a wrestler of the decade for his work in New Japan, but he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would suit regular TV tapings. You know, mm-hmm. he's much more suited, like, in the same way that Brock Lesnar is, he always seems to shine out in big marquee matches on pay per view. You know, it's, it's the same with boxing fights as well. You know, you see them on, like, box office, and these are really hyped fights that go on for months and stuff. Kenny Omega sort of fit that description he's not a guy you'd want to watch on a weekly basis because you're just going to devalue him as time goes on and as evident with the past year it's that's kind of been the case well even if you didn't want to watch him on a weekly basis the, the issue is, is we've not had any evidence of it up until now mm-hmm. so like I, I mean yeah he's done stuff for a smaller promotion and then there's the casual fan as well like who may not know who he is yeah like, how, how are they supposed to take him seriously and know of all his big accomplishments in japan when they're only just started watching yeah, yeah. that's very true something as well like people when he was going to go to WWE there is always that snarkiness when you know people are meant to be signing with WWE it's like oh WWE are going to ruin him or you get these dead snarky ones or if he goes up to New York like up to New York shut up you knob like (laughs) it's not the territories anymore but like they're like oh he'll be ruined and then obviously as you mentioned he's lost in tag matches you know how often do we complain the likes of you know Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins you know are having a promo and then the revival come out and the main event's going to be the revival v Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Taxi bash player. <clears throat> Job. <laughs> uh, Did you just describe Monday's Raw by any Basically. <laughs> well, probably be the, the club because revival on SmackDown, you know, but you know, yeah, except yeah. team here. <laughs> he, he's in 10 minute matches, you know, that he shouldn't be in, just like we were saying, Nakamura shouldn't have been in 10 minute TV matches with Dolph Ziggler or Bobby Roode when he first got to the main roster. And then you mentioned all these, you can't pull the trigger on this one, you can't pull the trigger on that one. Well, forget what indie, you know, marks are going to say or Twitter trolls are going to say. See, when it comes to, say, Hangman Page or Kenny Omega, these guys are going to be the cornerstone of your company for years to come. So to say that Hangman Page or that Kenny Omega was the first ever AEW champion, that's something they can live off of, you know, for the rest of their career. You know, whereas Chris Jericho, if he won the title second, third, fourth, it wouldn't have mattered to his career for the simple fact he's already established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice other thing, but it's like putting a hat on a hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have <laughs> a new hat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, but it feels a lot of the time that they're maybe worried about what Twitter think and yeah. Kenny Omega's book and shows up with it. We just can't have Ken. But why not? It was IWGP champion and drop that title to come here mm-hmm. why not have him be AEW champion why not have him as a secondary champion maybe and hold the title you know for a year say there's pay-per-views every six weeks and say to people wait listen guys Kenny Omega's only going to rest over six weeks and it builds excitement like a Brock Lesnar match right guys I want to quickly ask you this wasn't actually on my initial script but since you've mentioned that Ross mm-hmm. 
who do you guys think would be the next person to drop um, to take the belt off of Chris Jericho? So, Dave? Moxley. I think it's more likely Moxley, and I think that's a shame because what we didn't want was a bunch of ex WWE guys, which were what TNA turned into in mm-hmm. the end. We didn't want that, and although Moxley is a hell of a lot younger than Jericho and has a longer career ahead of him, it still just feels like WWE versus WWE guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Moxley, I've got a really weird feeling. See, after Jericho's match, obviously, with uh, Tanahashi, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, um, with Tanahashi, I'm like, ah, would there be a possibility they could bring in somebody like Kenna? There's a possibility of us. I think they could maybe bring in a Japanese talent this time to take a title. Somebody well known, somebody that they like, mm-hmm. bring him in to take a title for Jericho because they say it's a bit obvious going WWE guy, WWE mm-hmm. guy. Then eventually one of your boys, because the thing I would say about Hod, you're saying they're holding home patterns, you don't want another WCW. Mm-hmm. We're Hogan booking oh, yourself, yeah. Nash booking yourself, it's all, but they're all booking themselves like destroyers and the company just crumbles because they're like, what's the point of anybody taking these guys on because they just got to go under the boot. Yeah, Chris, who do you think will probably take the title off of Jericho? Okay, I want to agree with everything Ross said about how WWE <laughs> guys, WWE guys isn't good for their business. Yeah. However, there's a distinction there because, I don't know, for me, John Moxley doesn't feel like Dean Ambrose. Like, there's a completely different persona mm-hmm. there. Oh, everything. Moxley's yeah, yeah, completely yeah. different. So, and, and I love that about him. I, I love... Um, everything he did in Japan when he first came in. It, I it think just it's the beard. <laughs> it's just um, he, he's like his build is as a as a muscular man yourself, right? His build is massively different now, isn't it? See see the way he first wrestled with the white vest and the jeans and the long greasy hair? So I hate Dean Ambrose. Making back bolt and a shaved head and what I like Dean Ambrose now <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like so basically my point being that like yeah I would be fine with Moxley as the next champion just because it does feel like the next stepping stone in what his really great post WWE career has actually been. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the new Austin, yeah. isn't it? Can I just, mm. sorry, before we go to quick, just something because it, the hype I feel has died down a wee bit with yeah. AEW. See if they sign someone big again. I want them to come in first match, like win the title, be it Jericho or Moxley, who's champion, just destroy that person and just build like such excitement. Like when Goldberg came back and squashed Brock, yep. you know, such excitement was built for that. I'd love to see that. Cracker, who do you think, um, unfortunately, your favourite is going to drop the belt at some point? Mm-hmm. He's got to. He can't be champion forever. Oh, who do you think he's going to drop to? <laughs> uh, Sugar Dunkerton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine if it was Sugar. <coughs> That'd be the most best thing. Why not? Um, Kenny Omega's got to be up there on my list. Yeah. Well, see, there is something I wanted to, we'll be talking about it in the What's Next, but it is to do with John Moxley. Um, I want to ask you guys just a quick yes or no because we've been talking about the trigger getting pulled on Kenny Omega. Do you think that the elite the V trigger? The trigger. The V trigger. The V trigger. Oh shit. <laughs> um, you made me lose my train of thought. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I was doing so well as well. Um, so, do you believe that it's a yes or no answer? There could be nothing in between. Do you think the elite have done the right thing by not pulling the trigger on? booking themselves as the top guys, Dave? No. And that's a reluctant no. Alright, Ross? Just because you said I just need to pick one, no. <laughs> it's a yes or no, do you think they've done the right thing of not booking themselves as the top guys? No. Okay. Yes. Chris? Because <sighs> um, remember, like, Cody's like now no longer allowed a title shot. I think it's essentially no. Right. 
Cracky. Do you think it's a good idea? Or do you think it's good that they've done that? That's what I was basically asking. So I think it's a trick question. I think they were screwed either way. Yeah. If they'd have booked themselves to be the top guys, mm-hmm. yeah, then they'd be like, oh, they're just booking themselves mm-hmm. to be the top yes. guys. So mm-hmm. they're screwed either way. You're yeah. damned if yeah. you do and you're damned yeah. if you don't. I think, so you might as well do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> booking Paige and Kenny as the top guys, good idea. See, booking Cody and the Bucks straight away to be tagging world champions, that would have been bad idea. a bad that idea because been, yeah. they are the, the founders, well, essentially. Well, see, because like, very quickly, because like, Scott did say that Private Party was a big tag team for mm-hmm. him and they got pushed instantaneously in that tag team mm. tournament where winning in the first round against the Young Bucks that was a good idea that, that was, was a good idea yeah. Yeah. that was good but that's I, what I meant like, that's what I, I generally mean that's why I said like, yes yeah. now you change your answer to yes no no <laughs> that is what as Chris said that is one of those trick questions and obviously we've not got time to go into it as yeah. often as we'd but like there to. is some other stuff that I will talk about in the whole what's next that we're going <clears> to be talking about at the end of the show Right now it's just time to go for a break and I could not put this show together without using this one particular break. Yes, it is the promo that Chris Jericho decides that he's going to put on after he wins (laughs) the All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Championship of the World at All Out. We'll see you in a bit. Hey everyone, this is David from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and we are now officially on Patreon. From just $4 a month, you can get access to all our brand new weekly bonus content, including the Wednesday Night Wars show, where me and my panel will analyze the battle for rating supremacy between WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite. For all this and more, join now at patreon.com forward slash suplex retweet. Chris, Chris, can we get a quick interview? Oh, I'll give myself an interview. Isn't it funny how whenever somebody wins a world championship, There's always a standing ovation, champagne, roses, flowers, yet I got a whole backstage area filled with mutes. Nobody can believe that Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Pure silence. There's no thank you for Chris Jericho. There's no round of applause for Chris Jericho, but that's okay, because I got my own thank you, because I'm the first AEW champion. Oh, you see that, Bucks? Chris Jericho, the first champ. How apropos, isn't it? Great, Great match, Chris. Yeah, thanks. That's all you're going to say? Congrats, man. Yeah, no thank you from the Young Bucks? Is that what you really want? You just want to thank you? You just want the title. You know what? You know what? Even if you did thank me, I wouldn't even accept it. Okay? Congratulations on having Chris Jericho as the new AEW champion. The pleasure is all yours, Bucky boys. Huh? You can be quiet. All you be quiet. Look at you. Nice hair, idiot. What's your name? I don't care. Shut your mouth. All the cops can't believe it. Paramedics. Huh? Where were you when I was bleeding to death? Standing around like a bunch of morons. Look at you, giant idiot. What's your name? First AEW champion. And the whole city of Chicago, the loudest city in the world, renowned for being the best wrestling crowd in the world. Everyone's silent. No one knows what to say. Because Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Look at this, a whole other round. All you guys can stand in the back of the line. All of you. Look at you. Librarian, you can tell me to shush? Up yours. Scorpio Sky, you'll never get a shot at this, you hear me? None of you guys. I guess I'll just have to have my own celebration, won't I? Since nobody else seems to be here. That's fine. I'm an only child. I got no problem celebrating by myself. Look at this. Cheap salami. That's what Chris Jericho gets. Bunch of crap. Look, olives. Look at this. Look. This olives with nothing in there. And you look at this one. There's a little guy in there. Can't even get proper olives, can ya? What else we got? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Want some bubbly? 
Look at this stuff. Huh? Wrestling has more than one royal family. Hey guys, this is Brandy Rhodes, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed the one of the most famous promos. It's all oh, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> that was weak. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dave out. What gives your impression there, smart ass? Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Do you sound like Jericho on the stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Dave, I'm going to get you to sit in the corner and think about what you've done. You've just insulted the host of the show. Leave that Sorry, I, I think he insulted himself a bit more there with that Oh, no, he did, but um, bad Dave. He's <laughs> both pissed, to be honest with you. All right, here's your one, then. I'm oh, oh, rubbish as well. I will shut it. Ooh, little bit of the bubbly. That's actually all right. That's oh, <laughs> right, did Did I the macho man was an E.W.? Ooh, a little bit of Slim Jim. Can I give my mask? All right. Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have got a better rendition of a little, a little bit of the bubbly, please send us a voice recording at Suplex Retweet on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. And I also want to thank all the people, including Dave, who's been talking about our Patreon channel. Yes! yes! There we go. That's it, lads. That's more enthusiastic. And for the first minute. <laughs> Yep, so... Ooh, a little bit of the Patreon. Get rid of it now. What's Patreon? <laughs> well, sure. I'm joking. Now, starting at $4 a month, uh, you can start, you can get loads and loads of content from us. Or, if you don't if you don't want all that content, you can just support us for a dollar a month. Please, just be nice and support us. Yeah, thank you. It's going to pay for my tombola. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Maybe I about it yet. If you listen, if you listen, <laughs> if you listen to Alba Gugraps, which is uh, mine and Quacku's. Well, dang, I've just given the game away before we even release it. But yes, I want my tombola. Yes. But yes, so we are talking about this week. We are talking about AEW one year on, and I hope you all enjoyed the first half. Where we were just sort of laying into the dark order. Joindarkorder.com. We are going to be talking about, in this half, we're going to start off with programming. So, right now, we have the flagship show, which is running on TNT on a Wednesday night. And then we also have Dark, that is free on YouTube, which starts at midnight. It's a great, it's a great, it's like, it actually streams streams at midnight on YouTube. I'm sitting watching it, like, technically this morning. Ross. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Do you think it's a lot better knowing that we have dark, like going just like it's it's basically the dark matches? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's like hey hey. Smarky smarky inside. We got that. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically the unseen matches of the week before when mm-hmm. they were taping Dynamite. Do you think it's probably like one of the better ideas showing all these other matches on YouTube? Yeah, because it keeps everyone in the minds of the AEW audience, the likes of, you know, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, uh, and whatnot have been featured on Dark when they've not been featured as heavily on Dynamite. Plus, you're trying to sell tickets, you're trying to entice the public to part with their hard-earned cash. 
you can't exactly have them show up and go, by the way, you're getting two hours of TV taping and you might get a dark match, which is a six-man tag after the show. No, you need to bring them in. So you go, by the way, you're getting one TV show at an hour and then a TV show at two hours. Plus, you're getting to see these matches six days before anyone else. It entices people to also come to the shows, but it's also a really, really, really good reach. A lot of like YouTubing companies that cover wrestling stuff and a lot of promotions that put wrestling stuff on tw uh, YouTube are sometimes reluctant to do so because wrestling tends to get demonetized whenever there's like an uproar because some belly in playing Fortnite's used a Nazi salute. <laughs> That's usually what happens. I'll explain it for sure. But, uh, but AEW being a billion dollar company, and we mentioned this before, they've got their finger on the pulse, can afford to take a wee bit of a hit and plus you know, we talked about, oh, isn't it great? It's going to be on ITV. That's so reach it's so accessible. Everyone has YouTube and it's live and there's none of this. Oh, it's showing six o'clock US time on a Wednesday here, but then UK time it will be available five o'clock Friday night. No, it's there. Everyone's watching it. And it's essentially your dark matches, but you're getting a buzz around this. It's trending. And the fact that big guys like Cody, the Bucks, me, Kenny Omega and all that have competed on Dark mm -hmm. just makes it that much better a show it's not just another main event that's tucked away in the middle of nowhere yeah Chris I do want to ask you like see every single week when they do Dark they have different commentators do you think that sort of also helps that they're bringing in someone to commentate alongside Excalibur I mean we've had uh, this week it was Chuck Taylor we've had Vicky Guerrero on Dark at some point doing commentating do you think that's it's a smart move bringing in other people to do one commentating with Excalibur I would like to point out mm -hmm. that I wish Dark didn't exist. Oh, okay. Actually, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I was been speaking to some people about it before the show because I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one thinking about this. So, Dark suffers. Dark's basically the only show that I think suffers in the Wednesday Night Wars because there's we're we're at this point now where there's so much wrestling to watch every week. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite—I would say are the like main ones—and then there's Dark as well. I, I personally don't watch Dark, and I'm happy that I don't watch Dark. But the issue is, is I was speaking to one of our friends, Scott, today, and we were sort of discussing what AEW want from it. I would prefer it if Dark was like superstars, on in a WWE mm -hmm. sense. But what they wanted to be is they wanted to be like 2000 era SmackDown. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be essentially part of the show. And one of my uh, mates who religiously watches every single show, um, like as soon as he can possibly watch it, like will be watching that midnight show and mm -hmm. the one that you watch as well as the normal TV show as well. He said that for the first month of the show, when it was just Dynamite, the actual wrestling was like the program was 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. But then once it got to the inclusion of Dark, it felt like he was part of something where he was missing out on mm -hmm. wrestling by not watching the Dark programs. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. Cause, so I would I would consider myself a big wrestling fan. I think we're all big wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. I've got a men's computer, right? I can't watch Dark because I know my computer just won't handle it. So like straight away, because you've got an hour-long show that's pretty much essential to their viewing. Mm -hmm. I've pretty much like that's ruled me out as a fan because mm -hmm. they've not put it in a platform that I can watch it. I said to, when we were having this conversation, I was like, for me, if if they were to try and get people like me, I would prefer that they put Dark on 
well, in a British sense, like ITV player, not on ITV, not on any of their channels, but put it on the player somewhere I can watch it via my TV, easily accessible. But right now, I'm, I don't watch it and I'm probably not gonna. Mm. But you say that, so you've got... Do you not have like a PS4 or something? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can get the YouTube app on that. Yeah, yeah totally, but I'm, I just mean yeah, in like a, a, in, a, in a simplicity sense. Right, okay. So, I think what the thing that annoys me about Dark is the timing of it, because it, it comes out literally... In the UK, it comes out literally the day before the next taping, mm -hmm. and you just feel so out of the loop with things, you know, when it's come this late, because you're expecting to see this next fresh batch of stuff coming in for a new week, but then you're looking at, you're watching stuff that was supposed to be on last week, and it mm -hmm. sort of throws you out the loop a bit, and it, it goes on for an hour as well, so it's not just like a quick highlight package of, you know, this is what happened the week before, this is stuff like, this is at least like three full matches occurring before next week's taping so and that's I'm with Chris on this that's the reason why I don't watch Dark because it's gonna just confuse me like oh am I watching this week or am I watching last week like though I think the only way they could fit, fix Dark is if they release it maybe on the Sunday of the week's tapings and that way it keeps the flow a bit smoother my other issue is and I'll let other people speak in a minute my other issue as well is that I'm a massive NFL fan and NFL is actually, as we've mentioned, NFL factors in a lot to AEW. Yeah. NFL is the reason that the show is on Wednesday instead of Tuesday because TNT show the NBA on a Tuesday and a yeah. Thursday, whereas they have a contract with the NFL for Thursday night football games on a Thursday, which left them with Wednesday. Now, I think there's a lot of Americans who watch NFL and wrestling, oh, whether that be WWE yeah. or AEW. And that's another reason why, like, Especially this time of year, like with the Super Bowl coming up in the uh, first weekend of February. Yeah. At this time of year, between September and February, it's just there's so much going on. Yes. That it's just something has to give. Mm. I, I, do you know what I thought was that um, we, they should do with it? Sarah, do you watch Hollyoaks? No, I don't actually. Okay, well, <laughs> see if you watch Hollyoaks, and I personally don't. It's occasionally on, Good either thing. before or after The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. um, when the first episode of Hollyoaks ends, I'm pretty sure oh. you can like watch the yeah, next episode on, yeah, you E4. Can on E4. There should be some sort of system with that, with AEW. I think that see, could be the future success of it. You, see, I think I made a pretty good case putting Dark over and then used to, you know, kind of just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll be to defend that. Uh, uh, took a Jim White all over there. <laughs> but um, something I will say though, I, I do agree with they were trying to make it a bit, like it is a main show. I think now it's calmed down and it's to give other guys a platform mm -hmm. with the occasional, by the way, Kenny Omega will be in action. Mm -hmm. By the way, you know, John Moxley will be in action. And I do think it is a bit Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes it gets muddled and it gets in the way and you maybe just miss it out. If they maybe did a Sunday, like a Sunday night heat, and I think that would work a lot better. See, I think there's something in the TV contract that prevents that. What, the Sunday? It do you like mm -hmm. why they release it so late? Because mm -hmm. I can't see any reason why well, they would just do that. Well, obviously, we nine times out of ten, ITV Hub are horrendous for keeping their schedule. We don't get it till Friday. Mm -hmm. And then I, I believe there's the, the showing on a Sunday, the original intended showing, which mm -hmm. was widely criticised. So you, you could be right, it could be a case of the partnership, and then maybe they don't want to put it on Monday because they don't want to go up against Raw. But you think about it. How many people have Sky Sports or now BT Sports? How many people have, you know, the big cable package <laughs> in America for, you know, USA and uh, Fox? Mm -hmm. If you could get a free hour of wrestling on Monday night, you, you'd take it. And you don't even need to... 
People already complain that Raw being three hours is too long. You could hit WWE where it hurts in their flagship show and put it on an hour before Raw. And if somebody's going to watch it, they might go, four hours of wrestling's too long. I might watch this hour-long program. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that they can do with Dark. I mean, I don't even think it's now an hour. I think it's actually gone down. I'm pretty sure it was like half an hour when I was sitting watching it this morning. It was like two matches and a wee bit of um, Tony Schiavone and Dasha, formerly known as Fuentes, but now Gonzalez. And they just basically, all they do is recap. Like I think that's what, what I was going well. to say. That's what I was going to say. I it think that's a, why it's, it's on a Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's a to recap. remind you what happened last week. So Previously. you watch it. Yeah. Aye. So when you watch it on the Wednesday, you kind of go, "Oh, that happened last week. That he's running with him." Because sometimes there is too big a gap, and you go, "Why? Uh, what? Crap! What happened?" Mm-hmm. And you go, "Oh, that's right. He attacked him." because uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that goes on. See, they did that with like uh, she was like uh, after burning Bob Line with WWE and. But all they did on that show, they had the one guy in the studio and they're recapping matches that you actually saw on the tapings. But with Dark, you know, you're watching matches that have only just come to light. And again, that that's where the confusion comes in because you think, wait a minute, I'm supposed to see what, what we saw on TV last week and we're getting all this random stuff that we didn't see before. I think it's so, I no, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. It just, it just can be a bit muddled at times. I, I think it's mainly because like they want to make sure that people are getting that TV time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. It may not necessarily be on the flagship, but they are still getting TV yes. time. And Strack, before we quickly wrap up this section, I come to you. Look, that's what I was going to say. If you, that's the thing, right? See if I was for WWE and it says to me, you're going to be on Superstars again and again and again and again at that match. I bought it, just release me, just sack me. Yeah, they're switching but between the flagship and dark. You see Kenny Omega growing dark, and then you see Young Bucks going dark, and you, and you see the main guys going dark, and some of the guys like, is it Brandon Cutler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's getting on dynamite, and then there's other guys getting rotated around a boot. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of getting their light, and then it's kind yeah. of moving back and forth, moving back and forth. It's just to give them that exposure. I think, it's, I think honestly, it's for morality talent, because if you were in WWE and you get tell, You've not got a match, you've not got a match, you've not got a match. Or you've got a match, Superstars or 205 Live yeah. after SmackDown. Why would you bother coming? Oh, I'd just I'd try and get myself sacked. So, yeah. you mentioned Miralda. Uh, AEW, they, what do you call it? They, they all plug when they're on Dark. The only person that ever plugs when they're on main event Superstars are Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins because they've got a massive social media presence. Yeah. Like, main event and Superstars, the reason they're constantly on it, even though they're not getting used on TV, is because they take a bump, like because uh, they they're on Hulu, and obviously that's another streamer revenue. They get a wee bump in it because of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins when they promote it, and you're like, you know, surely to God this should be a no-brainer that everyone should be promoting it like Dark. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's just morale, the fact that you're mm-hmm. just you, you you go to somewhere and people go, oh, but it'd be great because. You're only on that, and then you're maybe wrestling a bit of that. But no, if you actually wrestled and you enjoy wrestling, mm-hmm. you want to wrestle all the time. You don't want to just sit back and take a paycheck. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Um, see, before we actually had AEW Dynamite on a Wednesday, all the pay-per-views that were going on and all the build-up was happening on Being the Elite, which again is a YouTube series, mm-hmm. right? So. I want to just get everyone's quick opinions. See before AEW started, like AEW actually had their weekly showings, and they were only doing like the pay per views like every six odd weeks. I mean, like I've got them listed down in front of me, and that's all the ones that have happened. So we've had All In, Double or Nothing, Fight Your Fist, Fight for the Fallen, All Out, and Full Gear, and that's not that many in the past year. I mean, that's actually a decent amount. And plus, one of them was technically before the inception yeah, of the September. company. 
Um, so, when they've done all the build-up, do you think some of it's been missed when doing Being the Elite, or have they been smart about actually releasing all this build-up for free? Chris, I'll start with you. I remember that... What was the first of the... Was it Fighter Fest was the first Double of the pair? Double or nothing. Uh, sorry, you know the, the two that came right next to oh, each yeah, other? Oh yeah, it's Fighter Fest and yeah. Fight for the Fallen. I remember sitting down to watch it and being like, I've got no idea what's going on. And I messaged somebody went, I've got no idea what's going on. And they said, oh, you have to watch Road to Fighter Fest. Yeah, or they it was. have like the Road 2. Which is pretty much like being the elite, but like for the pay-per-view. Specifically for, yeah. yeah. And I remember being like, it's inconvenient to me that I have to watch this. But they didn't have a TV show, mm -hmm. so you can't really blame them. I like that they, uh, it's interesting that they built up they built up a pay-per-view on a YouTube show. Yeah. YouTube shorts as well, like, exactly. it's, it's, it's so impressive. It's, yeah, I, I like, overall, I like the way that they yeah, built See, they see, like, pre-Dynamite, I loved pretty much all of the build-up to yeah. all the shows. Dave, do you think, like, the convenience of it being released on YouTube definitely helped, especially because they didn't actually have their first AEW until October? See, it's actually quite a creative outlet, using YouTube to sort of get yourself over as a as a sort of creative personality because we see so many channels on YouTube they've got like tens of millions of subscribers mm -hmm. and they follow their content weekly so trying to build towards like a weekly TV show using YouTube as your starting platform is a good idea mm -hmm. but the trick is you have to be so unique and so creative that you, you have to stand out from everybody mm -hmm. like I get you know different promotions you know they have different branding and they've got different <laughs> characters but I think it's just being able to captivate the fact that, you know, this is a new promotion that's coming. We're doing a bunch of special shows. I think you've got to appease to those fans that are kind of just sick with the status quo, you know, sort of give them an incentive to tune in and put it over YouTube as well, but they don't have to pay anything for it. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, oh, look, we've got a bunch of really big shows coming up featuring world-class talent from everywhere. Like, it was actually quite a... A creative, uh, creative idea. Mm -hmm. Ross, so we were talking. Like Dave just mentioned there, like about people on YouTube having like tens of thousands and millions mm -hmm. of subscribers, right? The elite basically had one of the biggest followings on YouTube that we've mm -hmm. seen in a long time. We live in a digital age as well. Do you think the fact that we already had the sort of mini series of being the elite going on, and um, just sort of before this actually happened, so they've already got this buzz, mm -hmm. and then they've also like. Well, we've started putting in these little skits. We're now featuring wrestlers that we could possibly sign them. Because I remember one week, like I think it was after me, you and Quacky went to go and see Ring of Honor, and that Joe Hendry was yes. actually on an episode of Being the Elite. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun wee blip. You're like, oh, they're in, you know, Edinburgh this week. They're going to be. Oh, I seen them recording outside. I wonder who they were talking to. You know, and it does create a buzz if you see it in person. And then obviously there is the buzz just because it is a digital age. You're like, oh, by the way, new, being the elite, blah, blah, blah. It's been convenient and all that. And as you said, convenient that it's on YouTube. But see the Road 2 series and the being the elite stuff and all that? They were good pre-TV. Mm -hmm. I think now they rely far too much. They're, they're, you know, we talked about Dark being the place for the likes of Jimmy Havoc and that to keep wrestling on and keep getting their win-loss record up on. But it just seems to me like on the actual TV show now, they seem to want to get so many dream matches on there mm -hmm. that there is no storyline development. So like the likes of Hangman saying, I'm no longer in the elite, I want to go off on my own, this is nothing personal, this is just me needing to make a mark in the business. That could have been a really emotional promo and like could have got the crowd's attention. It was put on 
you know, being the elite, and it was just reference sort of as Hangman was making his entrance. We always talk about the production value, very good for a company starting out, but very poor for somebody that has the money of Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't hear the commentary, and it was just sort of in passing. Oh, by the way, Hangman's no longer a part of the elite. Like, really? Like, you know, if back in the day of Legacy split up and Cody Rhodes was off doing his own thing, I'd kind of want to know about it. I'd, I wouldn't want to see it on, you know, being the legacy, you know what I mean, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> being the Orton's. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a very creative outlook and it's very good to do stuff, smaller stuff that you can't get on TV, mm-hmm. but big stuff like that should be on the TV show. Yeah. I feel sometimes they still feel like they need to keep that audience there. You're like, no, you need to get the audience to TV. Mm-hmm. Strack, do you agree with what Ross says? Because like, I do agree in some senses that they do focus a lot of the stuff on being the elite. I mean, I don't know if you follow being the elite and watch it on YouTube regularly. We'll see, this is a good example then, right? See, because you don't follow... people who couldn't see, I was shaking my head, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry. I keep forgetting that people can't see us. Good Um, thing. (laughs) We're all John Cena. Oh God. Um, But yeah, so for for people like yourself that don't follow being the elite, I mean, I actually had to start watching being the elite because I kept getting lost. I was like, what the hell's going on? Do you feel like that takes away from like build-ups to pay-per-views because a lot of it is on? Aye. AEW and you have um, like you have Jim Ross going, oh, well, on this week's being the elite and you're like, wait, what? Aye. I missed that. The only being the elite I've ever seen was, there's a mistake where Kenny Omega sent, was it Matt a dick pic? <laughs> and he thought he'd send him the match with Akada <laughs> and stuff like that. I th- I that's that the only so one I've ever seen. I I d- I'm, I'm not really a big. Like, I don't. I've, I've not got a YouTube. I, I don't. I'm not logged in there. I don't sign in there. And I don't really. I'm for the generation where social media is there. We can take it or leave it. Yeah. We don't really care. You don't really rely so on. So I can't agree. It's stuff like, oh, this has happened on the elite. I'm like, well, I don't watch it, but I'm watch. I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. For this, it shouldn't be a case that I need to watch Dark and Dynamite and Be Nearly and all this different stuff. So I'm like, it'd be better if it was just all in the one place. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there'll be the sense that there's so much faults that they kind of keep everything in the one place. Mm-hmm. They keep it on Raw, all the announcements are on Raw, some stuff they day around on Instagram, which yeah, again, you miss and you're like, oh, well, I don't know that because I don't follow it religiously. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of things they should, like, as Ross said, like, if a hangman was going to leave the elite, it should have been in the ring with all the elite and said to their faces. Mm-hmm. Or even done on the back street, that backstage program or something, yeah. And, and all we got really was hangman stealing a drink after a private party, he was on commentary, and then he was just kind of, they're like, I'll come down. He's just gone, no, you're alright, and walked away. Yeah. I'm like, ah. mm-hmm. he said so much today there. You could have done it, but then they went, oh, it was only being elite. Well, good for the ones who watch being elite every single week. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've not got time. Something as well, we, we talked about WWE. If they do stuff, so like, an example, Asuka attacked Becky Lynch, and then on WWE.com you had, you know, a dishevelled Becky Lynch looking raging and saying, by the way, Asuka, like, it was a three-minute clip, and by the way, Asuka, next week you're going to get your receipt when the man comes around. Boom, that's it done. And then when Becky Lynch makes her entrance the next week on Raw, they show 35 seconds of that clip and it's got a big, massive sticker at the bottom that says WWE.com forward, so YouTube, 
www.comicsclusive.com forward slash WWE. Or so say it's www.com exclusive. Yeah, or www.com exclusive, yeah. Said, yeah. And it tells you where to find that if you want to see the full clip. But it still gives you the general gist. So if you don't want to go away and spend an extra three minutes on three hours of Raw to watch, you know, this Becky Lynch promo from last week, well, you've got the general gist of it and you know why Becky Lynch has came out tonight and is not pandered to the crowd or hit a promo. No, you know she's all business tonight because of what happened last week and you've been given that general gist. It's not, oh, by the way, uh, she's she's angry because of, you know, this, that and the next thing. And you really, I, I don't understand why. You know what I mean? I wonder if they do it as a testament to their fans. Because if you think about it, AEW was born out of mm-hmm. being the elite. Yeah. So it's almost like, oh, well, if they got this promotion mm-hmm. to the big stage it is now and then just didn't keep factoring, and, mm-hmm. and this is a total devil's advocate point, but like it's mm-hmm. almost as if they're going, well, don't forget, this is where we started, so this is all part of our mm-hmm. product now. But so yeah, that's kind of going backwards a bit because you know, you're promoting the, you're promoting this new TV show you're going to see these guys weekly on. But it kind of takes the attention away from being the elite because you know you've got this shiny new product on your TV right in front of you. I think that's sort of you can't really sort of go back to YouTube after that because you know some people might might see it as a bit of a step down. Mm. I was going to say that because I, I, I do watch a lot for the YouTube stuff that I do have that's signed in the house. I do watch a lot of paranormal stuff and see when a team actually get on telly. That's it. They just move to the TV. Mm-hmm. Don't start banging stuff back on their YouTube. They must, YouTube's no where you, you start and you finish. YouTube's just it's just that. End of the day, I keep saying it's, it's a website. That's all it is. When YouTube first started, it was like a truck trying to drive on ice or somebody <laughs> swinging on the end of a tractor. Or maybe yeah. biting a finger. Aye, it was, it was crap. It was just general stupid videos. I'm on YouTube for being sick. So that's, that's how much YouTube is the point. See? It's a website. You should that's where you start it's no you finish we talk about incorporating things even if they went by the way you know being the elite and all elite wrestling uh, are the YouTube shows uh, on this week's all elite on this week's all elite uh, sorry on this week's being the elite sorry we're going to have we're going to announce the first match in the AEW number one contendership tournament mm-hmm. so you announce one match there and you have an interview with both guys and there you go that's a wee extra thing for the fans and then when you get to Wednesday You've promoted it so everyone wants to tune in to Wednesday to see what are the other seven matches in this, you know, tournament, you know what I mean? And, you know, that keeps everything going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's used for promotion but not used to be relied on. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Used Aye. for promotion, not to run the promotion. Aye. Aye. Yes. Write that down, Cody. Mm. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Tell that to your dog. <laughs> what I want to quickly get from you guys, because we've been talking about like all the build up that they've been doing for all these pay per views, mm. but I want to give I want you to give me your favourite pay per view that all elite have actually done and your favourite match. So <laughs> oh, see, this is I'll, why you guys actually have to think about things. Yeah, I'll go why first. I don't think about it. All in the Rhodes Brothers. I thought that was amazing. That wasn't all in. Double or nothing. That was double double or nothing. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to think about well, that. Well, all-ins NWA title match with Nick Aldis, who I interviewed, two-time NWA world champion. Damn it! Boom. Plug. Plug, my friend. Plug. Uh, Strack, what about you? What's been Available your favourite Available on our YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> I've got two. I would say Pack versus Omega was really, really good. But the, the, the tap is going to be the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers and the ladder match at... Um, mm-hmm. Was that all out? That was all out, yeah. That was, all out, yeah. That was just that that that's the best tag team match I've seen since the very first like, TLC or, or the very first like, ladder match at WrestleMania with the 
the Harleys, the Dudleys, and education. Uh-huh. Dave, I'm going to actually ask you something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. See if you were talking to someone new watching wrestling about getting to watch AEW. Mm-hmm. What match would you recommend them to watch to get them into it? Uh, you know what? One that actually really caught my attention when I was watching it in full. Uh, All Out, mm-hmm. the buy-in, okay. private party versus Angelico and... The hybrid two jackets. I was going to say that, actually, yeah. I, I agree with that. Oh, I, I watched that match and I thought, mm-hmm. that's probably the best tag team match I've seen bar Undisputed Era versus Revival. And you're a big Undisputed Era fan. Yep. Kwaku. Anything with Orange Cassidy in it, I love that man. <laughs> there are people out saying he's getting boring now. No, he's brilliant. He's diff- something different. You can't help but laugh. I have a Cheshire smile cat, uh, Cheshire cat <laughs> smile on it. <laughs> Whenever that man goes around and his double denim, yeah, the only cool guy that can wear double <laughs> denim, um, with his sunglasses, hands in his pockets, one thumb out every now and then. Brilliant, genius, I love him. First time I seen him though, I went, what happened to Dennis the Menace? <laughs> he does look like a grown-up Dennis he, the Menace. He really looks like American Dragon, uh, Daniel Bryan with shades. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, if I missed something here, I thought Dennis the Menace had red and black straight. No, up. American one. Oh, the American one, right. Anyway, mm. Chris, so if you were telling someone completely brand new, so imagine I'm a completely unknown wrestling fan, I'm going to... What would you recommend to me when it's talking about AEW? I have two answers. Okay. My first answer... Who, what I would tell people to watch mm-hmm. would be the Omega and Moxley match. Well, the unsanctioned one. Because what I didn't realise until I was watching that, I was like, oh, this kind of wrestling isn't really on TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you got bits of it in TNA yeah. and you got bits of it in WWE. But I was watching that match and I was like, holy crap, this is absolutely brutal. Like, And that's a good thing in a weird way because it's mm-hmm. like shock value and it's not... Um, it's just not available. If you want to get eyes on a product, show them something that's not available anywhere else. Well, so like Joey Ryan's penis droids. Well, maybe not so much that. But <laughs> it's, 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 um, my personal favourite match, you, you have actually mentioned it, I really loved the NWA title match right. from mm-hmm. All In. I loved the build-up to it. It felt like... Because um, they had such a crazy build-up to that match, it almost felt like oh, All In's not going to succeed mm-hmm. Succeed unless Cody wins. Yeah. It, it got to that point of ridiculousness. And also... Again, like bringing eyes to a product from elsewhere. Like I knew what NWA was because I was a TNA fan, yeah. And so I knew about the belt. I knew that Nick Aldis has had this big run with the belt, um, and I knew bits about the Tim Storm stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm getting blank eyes. Um, so that match felt like a really, really big deal. It was a shame that because it was like pretty far down the bill on mm-hmm. the card, as far as I remember, like third or fourth match, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like the main event. <laughs> So yeah, that, I'm, I'm looking at these pay-per-views and I'm thinking, of all the matches that I've seen at all of them, I think that was my personal favourite. But if I was to make people watch one, I would go for Omega and Moxley. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, to everyone that's listening right now, I want to know what your favourite match from any of the past pay-per-views that All Elite Wrestling have done. Let us know. Tweet us in, Facebook us, whatever you want to get in touch with us. Just please keep it normal. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to quickly move on to, like, this is that has been the past 12 months. We're going to look forward to the next 12 months. So, the one thing I did want to actually touch on is something that we talked about earlier about John Moxley possibly taking the All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Now, at this past Wrestle Kingdom, he regained the IWGP US Championship. Spoilers. It's been over a week. Yeah. It's been over a week, shut up. I didn't I did know. <laughs> but um, do you think, like, they have been, and it was also Chris Jericho in his match against Tanahashi, 
is Tana Hashibon. He was going to get uh, an actual championship match with Jericho for the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. That unfortunately didn't happen again, sorry, spoilers. Um, but it has been over a week. What do you think about a possible relationship with New Japan says they've now cut ties, it seems, with Ring of Honor? Chris, I'll start with you. I was thinking about this last night, and again, I was trying to kind of play devil's advocate with it. Obviously, it would be absolutely amazing. Like, mm -hmm. see when um, Okada and Tanahashi fought in whatever that was in the US yeah. in the first day of the G1. I was like, this is awesome. This is absolutely awesome, because now we've got the matches that we want to see, but then we've got the mental American crowds. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're sort of got the complete package now. And I was like, oh, if they could get these guys into AEW and somehow it would be fantastic but I was like do AEW benefit massively from New Japan yeah is it not the other way about would New Japan not benefit massively from AEW because let's face it Okada uh, sorry I, Okada and Tanahashi they're not working weekly for AEW mm -hmm. yeah. they're not moving to the US to do mm -hmm. it it's, it's just never going to work that way but in a sort of limited sense if it was like what we were saying earlier about like oh you're going to get a mega every six weeks on a pay-per-view if they did that with the big Japan stars for their pay-per-views or oh, like mm -hmm. have a have a match like what they used to do with The Undertaker where you'd have like Pac versus um, Moxley or oh, the winner faces Okada at the pay-per-view mm -hmm. it's, it's not for a belt but it's a mm -hmm. huge marquee matchup you could say like you get a massive paycheck from this match or something because yeah. you know what they'll be spending tons to get like a big superstar like Kenny on a pay-per-view. Yeah, you can even do a cross-promotion. Like, by the way, if Okada wins, he gets his New Japan title shot. If, mm -hmm. you know, Moxley wins, he gets his AEW shot. And then you could have the shock factor when Okada, say Okada wins and goes, no, actually, I'm coming after you, Jericho. And yeah. it's like, oh, God, well, that's building to the next six, seven weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, because, like, well, they had, um, that's how it originally started, like, when Chris Jericho appeared at the New Year's Dash uh, a couple of years ago. That's how it all kicked off. For like the matches at Dominion and for the matches at Wrestle Kingdom this year, they had John Moxley and Suzuki, which I know one of our panel members, Grant McCrobbie, is so happy. Me and him were talking that it's going to be a murder. But see, if it is like that sort of stuff, like Shaq, I do want to ask you: Do you think it would who would benefit the most? Because we have had like um, like the G1 Super Card, we had the Ring of Honor tying in with New Japan for like this big massive card. Do you think it'd be more beneficial to do stuff like that? Because I know when it came to the G1, John Moxley was not allowed to actually compete in America under the New Japan banner. He had to actually do all of his matches in Japan. Do you think that like that could be a reason that things are maybe halting? Because Moxley's one of the big top guys in AEW and he's just won one of the belts in New Japan. See, I, I don't follow New Japan religiously. I, I get bits and pieces, and when I hear about somebody, I then tend to kind of watch their matches. I think it would benefit both because there's people in Japan who have always got a contract with Japan, so they're not going to come to AEW and be full-time there as well. It's just too much. And then there's guys for AEW who are not going to move to Japan. Mm -hmm. But if you had the chance of a crossover with their stars versus their stars, as Ross says, like, the number one contender for the... New Japan title, the New Japan one contender for the AEW title, the winner gets their title shot, the loser gets nothing. Mm -hmm. You kind of go, well that's kind of, there's not a title on the line but it's a lot to play for. Mm -hmm. But then there's also, you've got the chances as well where you can go, well I'd love to see him in AEW. Jay White, yep. you'd love to see him against, well, the, the entire roster. I, I thought Pentagon <laughs> Junior. Yeah. I thought him and uh, they would rip that apart. Then I'm like, ah, well it's been done but I'd just love to see it again. Mm -hmm. Pack versus Osprey. 
Mm -hmm. so there is one thing I do want to ask though is see it was one of the original matches we were meant to get and it was Hangman Page versus Pac but at that time Pac was the Dragon Gate champion and that's why they pulled him and Aye. actually had him on a show down in England I can't remember the actual show it's in Nottingham it was, it's really bad that I shouldn't know the show they're but, always in Nottingham <laughs> but that's why it's because they didn't want their champion to lose to somebody else. That killed momentum in see, my opinion. See, is that sort of stuff do you think that would kill momentum? That, that is why I don't want it for the simple fact that one, the two the two companies together, when you know, when we've seen Japan and Ring of Honor break away, we did see how Ring of Honor suffered because they did kind of rely They'd heavily yeah. on the new Japan guys. And it's mainly ring, because Bullet Club as well was uh, Yeah, and their Ring of Honor guys Japan. were the Bullet Club yeah, yeah. guys and they kind of get ripped away. But we've seen with the Dragon Gate champion, we saw that Brian Cage, who was Impact champion at the time, was not allowed to compete in mm -hmm, yeah. the Casino Battle Royal. And rightfully so, Impact Wrestling don't want their guy, you know, being just another guy tossed out of a Battle Royal. Yep. Uh, Nick Aldis has said that the reason he won the title pack so quickly, which kind of killed the momentum of the Cody win, was because NWA didn't really trust the relationship they'd been there with TNA before mm -hmm. where they took the titles back and TNA ended up going from the NWA world title to their own separate entity title yeah. and I just think you would get to the point where say Okada's world champion again because he will be again is like Archer for the 24-7 title he just gets it constantly yeah. you've got say Moxley who's the New Japan US champ and he's been, you know, booked in just exhibition matches mm -hmm. and can't be booked in storylines and AEW because New Japan are going, uh, keep him strong because we need him to fight someone like Suzuki. Yeah. But you need to look strong against. And then you've got Okada and they're like, listen, we'd love for you to have four matches over six months. You're going to beat this guy, this guy, this guy. But then you'll lose to Omega. You'll lose to Juice Robinson. <laughs> uh, well, well, even even like uh, you'll you lose to Omega because this time he's got the home field advantage. It's not your house; it's his house. Yeah. And then you've got New Japan going. Well, actually, let's say six months into this eight month plan, actually that's not happening. And then you've got to make your own guy look weak. I think that would be the drawbacks of both. I'd like to see them kept separate, and then occasionally do crossover shows. Mm -hmm. Because as we've seen, you know, in the early days of WWE, where like it's champion versus wrestle, uh, boxer Muhammad Ali or it's you know NWA champion versus WWE champion New Japan champion be WWE champion it always went to a 60 minute draw yep you look at them constantly Ric Flair has had about 50 champion versus champion matches he hasn't won or lost any of them they all went to draws yep and so that's why I think it wouldn't be a good idea I would love to see it but do not think it's a good idea yeah I think it's a big topic that everybody can get involved in and I do encourage everyone on this panel and I encourage all the listeners to keep the discussion going because it is a big massive discussion. I will start a thread on the community page and just so everyone can have a nice wee chat about it and I hope that the guys, so Dave, Ross, Shrak, Chris, Quacker, I hope you all get involved with this as well and keep mm -hmm. the discussion going. What I do want to talk about quickly as well is signings going forward because there is one name that has been recently released from WWE that there's a big speculation that he's now changed his name because he has changed his name that he's now going to be heading to w, uh, to AEW and that is Luke Harper what would you guys like do you guys want because it is it does seem like AEW is the place for rejected WWE guys but Kwaku what would be like your idea do you think Luke Harper would actually fit in 
in AEW. Uh, yeah. Change of character, obviously. Yeah. Like, he's got full creativity he, behind he does, himself. He does have quite quite an de- in-depth character to him and had offered a lot more in the independence. But I'm going to present an argument that I don't actually think they need any more guys. Okay, okay. You want to build up the women's division? Yeah. And there are two names for me. One international, one local to here in Scotland. Right, go for it. So, Tessa Blanchard. I think Tessa Blanchard would be like the biggest get for them because she's Mm -hmm. the the hottest Mm -hmm. person right now. She has actually, she, she was at the... She was at All In, wasn't she? Yeah, she was at All In. Oh so. yeah, she uh, she featured in the the four way women's match, yeah. didn't she? Yes. Plus her dad works there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah her, her dad's like. Tully's managing. Tully's right there. She's right there. You can so get her in. Speak to your dad. I think like the good thing with Tessa Blanchard, she's done everything off her own back. Like yeah. even though she has got the name Blanchard, mm. and everyone knows that she's Tully's daughter, she's. She's, she's she's the number like she's mm-hmm. the best she women's wrestler him. in the world right yeah. now. I'm, I'm she could batter him easy. Exactly, but and who do you think is our local um, person? Aisha Raymond. Oh, she'd be a really good one for she'd that. She'd be a very good person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. I was like, I think if it were to ever happen, I think me and you would like jump up and down massively. I know. Um, but Chris, future signings. Where, where do you think? Do you agree with Quacker that they should really? increase their women's division or is there key players do you think um, that are maybe unsigned or free agents coming out of the contracts that I, wrote, I, wrote a, I wrote a short list okay. now you've already mentioned Tessa who was okay, online seven, Cal. Uh, <laughs> I've got three other guys which I think are quite obvious but I think that it's also obvious why they would fit in quite well yep. I think Matt Hardy would do quite well there mm-hmm. I don't know if I see it happening I think Dolph Ziggler could do a lot better there than he's doing now because he's sort of. We've yeah, seen that for years. Sort of useless. And the one which I actually think could genuinely happen would be amazing. He could be a world champion there. I think that they should do all they can to try and get Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. He's already been there. He was in the main event of All In, so oh, there's a was. connection there. He's um, he when he's champ in WWE, there's always an issue with it. Like when he won the WWE Championship, it was Lots just to give it night. to Cena, yeah. and when he won it. The first time, it was just to sort of, you know, take advantage of Eddie's right. death. Whereas, if, it feels if like he was in the US Championship just to give it to Andrade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas in AEW, if he beat Jericho for the belt, which is never going to happen, <laughs> touch with him. <laughs> that's believable. Yeah. In my head, that's totally believable. Yeah. He's already beaten twice. He's already done it, that's fine. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, um, I hope that would be my extremely small shortlist. Dave, who would you think would be a couple of key signings? that you would hopefully like to see? Well, Chris did mention Dolph Ziggler. I think he would be a good fit. One name that's also kind of spread, you know, he's probably getting, a, like, abused in WWE right now, Rusev. I'd love Rusev. Like, Rusev day chance in the WWE. I think he could <laughs> he could get over massively with a, with a, like, a really live crowd in Chicago. But there was, like, another thing you guys mentioned. They do need to fix their women's division. Yeah. Because I think if they just overpower it with even bigger signings, the women's division is just going to get more and more, more and more secluded, and or Brandy t- um, keeps cutting off their hair. Uh, yeah, demonetizing Ali. Like, I mean, they're losing, <laughs> they're losing badly enough to NXT's women's division. They need to improve their game somehow. But I will say, I think there is a glimmer of hope because homecoming show from the week before, that Fatal Four A match, probably their best women's match they've done so far. Yeah, because they had Hikaru Shida in it. That's why. 
She should be next year. I alright, Kenny Omega in the corner. They had this talent, you should Sorry. like it. No, it's because she's in my draft, that's why. Right. See? I, I, I don't understand how they can be screwing up a women's division that has potentially the best ever women's wrestler mm-hmm. in it. Like, I'm talking about Awesome Kong. Like, I think that is insane. I, I thought you were talking about Brandy Rhodes. Oh, well. God damn it. See, two signings I think could really happen, and one. Once for the women's division to give it a marquee name because, you, you know, other than Austin's girlfriend <laughs> or I'm a dentist, there's not much marquee going on there. Yeah. You can't say Dr. Britt Baker. No, I can't. D-M-D. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, the daughter of Isaac Yankum. Uh, so, um, I think a marquee name that could go there who wouldn't have any trouble getting their WWE release would be Mickey James. I think mm-hmm. she could have some really really good matches another person who doesn't want to go to Japan because he came to WWE to get away from that style Shinsuke Nakamura I think as much as he's had a Royal Rumble win two US title runs and an Intercontinental title run he's still consistently lost in the shuffle and I think that I talked about someone coming in and just battering through whoever the champion is and taking the title I think that would instantly, like the way just Moxley walking through that crowd instantly undone the bad book in Dean Ambrose and made him John Moxley again. I think the King of Strong style would instantly be reborn with just one Kinshasa to back up whoever the champ's head is. Yeah. And I think that would be really good. We, we also mentioned other guys. I think guys who could be good players who Cody Rhodes basically has called out. I think they were like they all had a pack to go, right, we're all leaving at the same time, we're all going to go, are we all going to go? Aye, and then it was just Cody and Brandy that left. Aye, it's like a bag if you yeah, did. Are the <laughs> likes uh, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, I yes. think. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are a better tag team than they get credit for, they're better singles wrestlers than they get credit for, and we know how good Dolph Ziggler is. Absolutely, struck. So, that'd be my mid-card. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be your mid-card. That'd be my mid-card, my tag pick, my main event pick, my women's <laughs> pick. There we go, I've got a Ross. Uh, Ross has hit like, the entire card, but Strack, who do you think would be like, marquee signings that AEW could potentially get in the future people they could get who would be quite impressive I, I don't like it in the route the same as like WCW or TNA it was like all oh, the guys who can't make it in WWE just go to AEW because that just then makes the, the homegrown talent just go oh, why are we here Brian Cage would be okay. a good shout um, I was hoping for John Morrison <laughs> but uh, that's kind of really windy. Aye. Um, I had the hurricane. The hurricane would have been broken in AEW. <laughs> I'd have loved so that. What's up with that? I'd have loved that. Um, tag team. So it's before you go to see those sort of characters. Those are the people who should have in to go up against Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. The fact that Orange Cassidy is getting a bit stale is because they have no one from to go up against. Aye, they weird. Oh. <laughs> I'll put up a poll on Twitter who's like is Orange Cassidy good or bad it's going to be Peace and Jam and Jam Sandwich all over again oh, it's <laughs> a piece of jam. I'm not saying he's bad I'm just saying they've got jam sandwich. Um, anyway. tag team um, I was going to say the Grills of Destiny mm. but that's if, if they go away if they, if they decide we're leaving Japan yeah, obviously Bullet Club's there I, so I, I don't think they ever will especially because you know like Tamatonga's like one of the original members of Bullet Club aye they've got like that whole big thing around him saying that he is like one of the OG members so I don't aye. think that would ever but happen but the only thing as well is the tag team don't really need anybody else so yeah but I mean I Nakamura would love to see you go to AEW Joe Samoa Joe mm-hmm. would be immense in AEW the way it used to be 
and he's, he's obviously been told to, to tame it down. Yeah. Same with Asuka. Same with Asuka first started in NXT. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to wrestle her because Aye. she was so stiff. No, she's kind of calmed it down and took it back a bit. Yeah. Whereas, if you put her back in it, if you took her and put her in the AEW women division, you just have an Asuka can fiesta. <laughs> She'd be brilliant. Um, but women's division, aye, Asuka, I wouldn't say Mickey James, because I think probably had her run. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Logan's no bad. She seems to be getting a push on Raw. Aye, but right they're kind of they're, they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. The Iconics <laughs> would be brilliant. Uh, iconic! They would be immense in AEW. They're see just terrorising the roster. See if Sarah Logan goes, Crazy Mary Dobson. Bring, her, bring back Crazy Mary. That's who she was on the independency for. Oh, Alright, uh, yeah, again, <laughs> I don't follow it. I've written on the independency. So she was in ICW? Huh? Crazy Mary. Crazy Mary Dobson. Yeah, she got thrown off the balcony. Um, what I do want to quickly ask you before we wrap up for this week, because we've had so much to talk about. I mean, I think a whole year worth of talking about AEW was a bit of a stretch to put into one year, uh, into one show, sorry. But what <laughs> You've been here a year? <laughs> feels like a year. One eternity later. <laughs> um, but what do you guys want to happen? In the, like One thing that you want to happen in the next 12 months, Dave? The women's division's got to improve. Ross? The women's division improves and the mid-card title. Strap? It was one answer, and you stole Mike's. Yeah, that was going to be mine, mid-card title as well. Mm-hmm. Or, I know it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but get the belt off Jericho. Not that there's anything wrong with Jericho, just to, 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 get a, to get a new star. I said that to a guy in the work the other day, I said, they, can, they need to take off him soon because they can't have it on him too long and he looks untouchable, like Pete Dunne with the UK title. Mm-hmm. It made him look a bit untouchable, nobody could take it off. And then you thought, well, he's never got to win it, he's never got to win it, he's never got to win it. Then come Walter. <laughs> Aye, but, mm-hmm. but you had to have somebody like Walter. Yes. The same with Charlotte, mm-hmm. to take Asuka's streak, because you're like, ah, who else has got to take Asuka's streak? Mm-hmm. And Quacko's Dana finally. Brooke. <laughs> yeah, totally Dana Brooke. Quacko, finally, what would you like to see happen for AEW in the next 12 months? Uh, the Dark Order going to the Dark Corner of history. Georgiacarter.com You leave my gracious leader, Evil uh, Uno, out of this. Evil Uno. So he's, he's clever that his name's Evil One. Oh, he's the Evil mm-hmm. One. Wow! How many gips? See, see something. Right. I, something I will say, and I can see happening over the next twelve months, twelve to eighteen months. That is. See, after Jericho's long run with the title, I don't think there'll be another. See, because it's now weekly TV, I don't think they'll have a long run. I think by eighteen months from now, we will have had six or seven AEW World Champions. Okay. We're currently on one. I think there will be five or six more new champions in the 18 months. Yep. If you guys agree with what my panel have actually said that they think will happen in the next 12 months or what they want to happen, if you agree with Ross, if they're just going to, like, because they could actually hot potato mm-hmm. the title every now and again, there's nothing wrong with it. They've established the belt as a proper championship. I mean, Jericho's defended in different promotions across the world. Mm-hmm. Technically, he has technically made it. One third of a world title now because he's defended it in Japan. Oh, uh, who's he fought in Britain? Thank you very much. America and Asia. I said one third of a world championship. Exactly. He's defended it in Japan. Well, he didn't defend it in Japan, but he was going to defend it in Japan. But anyway, that has been this week's show <laughs> of talking about AEW the past 12 months. I would like to thank my panel, Dave Hockney. Thank you. Ross McLeod. You're welcome. Strack. Gracias. And Chris. Hi, yo. And I want to thank my very gracious producer, because he's been with me for the past 
Eight hours. <laughs> nearly nine and a half. Like nearly eight and a half. Quacky Wadgy. Grazie mille, Bella. And I have been Sarah Grieve. Next week, Ross McLeod is in the hosting chair. Oh no, Turn off your radio now. Oh no, 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 no. If I tell you you're not on that show next week, you'll be at my door crying, sunshine. This is your life, son. <laughs> this is the Royal Rumble Quiz, part two, motherfucker. There we go. <laughs> yes, Ross has got the second edition of his famous Royal Rumble quiz that happened last year. If you all remember, this is how the number 44 thing started with his brother Scott. <laughs> I, I, Scott that you also just decided to grind salt in the wound. So what we said about Scott was, last year when he lost, he was like Roman Reigns 2014 where people were like, damn it, not Batista, we wanted Roman to win. And since that 12 months have happened... <laughs> We are now got Scott who constantly wins sweeps and quizzes and everything else. Anyone but Scott. And now it's 2015 Roman Reigns where we're just like, gonna go away. <laughs> just go away. Controversial. I was ahead of the curve. I never wanted them to win in the first place. Who, Roman Reigns or Scott? Both. Thank you, both. But yeah, so that is... You wanted title in the fridge boy to win. <laughs> title in the football. <laughs> it's, right. like, it's like discussing what colour frost you would like oh. <laughs> so yes that is next week's show and then we are doing the entire road to the Royal Rumble so we've got a pre I'm pretty sure we've got a pre the best Rumble MVPs Rumble MVPs there we go and then we are also doing the Royal Rumble is it a review show we're doing this time yes yes, yes it's a review show so keep on looking for that because it's going to be a great Great time, and then we'll be into February. We've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up for this year, and I can't wait for the next year ahead with this podcast. So, again, I will thank my panel one more time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in and listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!